Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Grown Up Kids. This episode is sponsored by Ashley Perkins. Thank you so much for being an amazing listener. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we're being joined by two brand new guests, Terrence and Carrie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So since both of you guys are new to the show, we have to do two Disney profiles today. Um, And I'm excited to get to know more about your Disney side, as Disney likes to call it. Hashtag. Hashtag Disney side. Um, (laughs) So how did you guys get into Disney? Well, I think I'll kick it off. Yeah, it's it's something that I kind of always grew up with, really. I mean, it's like, how did I not get into Disney at this point? Who? Who doesn't plop their kids down in front of a TV and a Disney movie <laughs> comes on, you know? Yeah. Um, I, and, and I really tried to look into this question myself, but it's just like Disney's always been a part of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I would have the same answer. We had all the clamshell VHSs. Mm-hmm. We, um, my parents were pirating stuff off of the Disney Channel <laughs> mm-hmm. when I was a child. Oh, yeah. I asked. I'm at my parents' house right now, and I asked them um, if they remembered what the first Disney movie I saw in the theater was, and they were like, we were too poor for that. We just recorded them off of the <laughs> Disney Channel. <laughs> but it was just always around um, in our family, my mom's family, everybody. Yeah. My mom did the same thing with the VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. I think that I yep. I had – I don't know if I said this on the last episode or what, but I had, like, a VHS of just Winnie the Pooh episodes – so yes. my mom would just like have it on all the time and I was convinced Winnie the Pooh was on TV 24/7. And then there was this one time I went to my grandma's house and she was like, "Well, Megan, what do you want to watch?" And I said, "I want to watch Winnie the Pooh." And she said, "It's not on right now." And I was like, "Um, yes it is. What are you talking about?" <laughs> you don't have the right channel, grandma. <laughs> so after that, the Pooh Bear VHS traveled with me everywhere I went so that I could always have it. Makes sense, spoiled. <laughs> I'm an only child. (laughs) Ditto. (laughs) So what would you guys say would be your favorite movie? No, character. Character. Well, you mentioned Eeyore is my favorite. I love me some Eeyore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's cute. I love, 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 love the genie from Aladdin. Oh, we have not heard that one yet. And he I'm was surprised. on my top three on this list I have going here. He's a good, he's a great <laughs> character too. Yeah. yeah. He was just so, I mean, like the improv that Robin Williams did for Jeannie is just, I wish that I could get a hold of those recordings oh, yeah. that like weren't included in the movie. I just want to like listen to yeah. all of them. Like all of his banter as the Jeannie. It would just be great. It'd be amazing. Apparently they're not very PG. Which is why they got (laughs) (laughs) that track. That makes sense. (laughs) Uh, So now, what's your guys' favorite movie? Mine was Beauty is is Beauty and the Beast, the nineteen ninety one cartoon edition. I I loved it. The one with Emma Watson's okay, but you know that that's nothing like the classic. I agree. My. Yeah, I love that movie too. That was that's definitely my favorite of the princess movies. Um, I'm an English teacher, and I was always a voracious reader. And so, and Belle was a brunette, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I was a fan of because I am too. Um, so I always 
really related to her. I think my favorite movie, though, is Mary Poppins. I love the magic in it. I love the scene with the penguins where they're all dancing around. My kids finally are an age where they will watch something with live action that's not just a cartoon. And we watched Mary Poppins and they loved it. And it was like the best moment for me. I can't wait to take them to see Mary Poppins returns in December. I'm so psyched. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Mary Poppins is such a classic. I mean... I could just, like, start it again from the top as soon as it ends. And what's Mm -hmm. great about it is that as an adult, you see so many things that you didn't understand as a kid. Like, the banking stuff. Yeah. I don't... I know you're gonna have a Mary Poppins episode, but when I <laughs> when I watched it again recently as an adult, I was like, "This is like not a kids movie." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, did I, why did I like this? Yeah. And just Dick Van Dyke is hilarious um, when he plays the old man and he's uh, dancing around. I never knew, I never connected that it was him dressed up as an old banker. Um, but I love all those things now, seeing it as an adult. I don't think I connected until right now. So yeah. thanks. <laughs> My husband pointed it out to me. He's wearing like old man makeup, but it's totally him. And it's so funny. Now I see it. How did yeah, I now never it makes see sense it. why he was so good at dancing. <laughs> I know. All right. So it's like Superman, right? He yeah. Had yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have been to a Disney park, but if you have, what is your favorite? If you haven't, what do you think your favorite would be? So my favorite is Disneyland Paris. And Ooh. that was that was such an awesome park. Yeah, um, it has, I mean, everything from, I mean, I've been to pretty much all the Disney parks, uh, except for uh, Disney Tokyo. And then the one I think they have like what in Shanghai? Shanghai or, is the new one, yeah. 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 Haven't been to that one yet, but Disney Paris was just so amazing. It it felt like I was in Disneyland. Mm. Um, oh, that's awesome! You know, in, in California, yeah, yeah. We're going there in October, and I'm so excited. That's really exciting. Yeah, I've never been to any park except for the um, ones in Florida, but Epcot is my favorite of those three. I love that you can go and eat food from every place yes. <laughs> in yes. the world and hear their different music and see the dances. Like I loved watching all the shows when people would come out. I just thought Epcot was so cool. Plus, I was kind of a baby about rides when I was a kid. <laughs> so <laughs> Magic Kingdom was like stressful for me. Right. <laughs> I really liked Epcot. <laughs> you know, I, I really. I really like the uh, food and wine festival from Epcot. Uh, yeah. I went there a couple of years ago with my wife and it, it was just so amazing. I said, okay, I'm going to have a drink like at every single one of those little stops, one of the countries, every <laughs> single country I want to have a drink. And I didn't make it all the way, but yeah. that, that, you know, that was, it was so much fun because you got to experience like all these different cultures within Epcot. And it was just mm-hmm. It made it all more so magical. Mm-hmm. That yeah, sounds awesome. I, I love that recently they've kind of turned Epcot into this festival park, whereas depending on what time of year you go, except the summer, but I heard that there's, I heard rumors of a summer festival, so we'll see what happens next year maybe. But yeah, fall is food and wine, and then Christmas time they have Christmas around the world, which I loved that one because they offer like special Christmas desserts from each country and they have like hot toddies in England and they're so Ooh. good. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't think we got one, but it was mm. on the menu. And then now in January and February, they have a new newer festival called festival of the arts. And Ooh. I 
I love that festival. It's like they incorporate, they incorporate like actual art, music as art, and then like the food that they make is presented like it's a culinary art. Like it's all very, it's all, I don't know the right word for it. It's just like presented beautifully. Well displayed, yeah. Artistic. It's like artistically displayed, (laughs) yes. Um, (laughs) Got it. (laughs) And it's just a really fun one. So yeah, I love Epcot too. Um, Creatively done. Yeah. Yes. What is your favorite Disney memory? So my favorite Disney memory kind of goes hand in hand with my favorite park. Um, it was the reason we got to go to Disneyland Paris is because we were spending our honeymoon over in Europe. And I think that's what made it more magical was that the fact that we were on our honeymoon in Disneyland in Paris. It just, you know. There was no other place that I wanted to be right then and there at that time. Yeah. Aw. That's sweet. Yeah, we're going That's for sweet. our anniversary, so I'm pretty excited. We're going for that. too for our honey tune. Yeah. Our honey tune. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. Yeah, we're going back for our second uh, anniversary in September. So that's going to be lots of fun. That's so funny. Second anniversary, October. Yeah. Ooh. So. That's awesome. Except. It. Super bummed that I found out that the Ratatouille ride is going to be closed. Oh, so. that, that, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> at, least it's coming, really, at least it's coming to world. I know. I was just really bummed. That was like my number one thing I wanted to do. I don't know. My chair keeps <laughs> making this noise. No, it's, it's so me. Loud. I can't get comfortable. It's my fault. Okay. Sorry. Okay, Carrie, go ahead. I can't hear it. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> it like is clicking and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't hear that at all. So you're good. Okay. Um, I thought that my favorite Disney memory was unique until I listened to this last week's episode and it was someone's favorite memory that uh, wrote in to you guys. So <laughs> I also marched in Disney World, but we were, um, I played clarinet in the marching band in high school. And when I was a freshman, we went to Disney World and I don't know what the thing we were marching in was. I don't think it was the same as what uh, was it Erica who called or whose letter you read last week. Um, wrote about but we marched down the main street of MGM and then we had the whole rest of the day to spend in the park and we spent time in each of the parks but we also did like our whole halftime show um at this it must have been at like UCF stadium or something like that I just remember it was a huge college what's closest UCF or they also have the ESPN wide world of sports it wasn't that was it or it was a college yeah, it was a college. Probably and, UCF. Um, yeah, the best thing about it was that we won seven gold medals between our playing, our marching, and our, like, majorettes and flag corps. That's awesome. And, yeah, and our school was, like, terrible at football and every sport. <laughs> so coming home with, like, gold medals as the band nerds was, like, <laughs> the best. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> because we totally got made fun of all the time. Right. But it was my freshman year, so, you know, I didn't know anybody going into band who wasn't already in my middle school, which was like three people. And it was just such a friend making experience for me because we were actually allowed to go around the parks by ourselves with no adults for like large chunks of the day. So it was so cool to like make new relationships and see the parks in a way that I didn't as like a kid. But knowing that my friends who were all teenagers with me, like, can we do the Toy Story ride though? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're yeah. at Disney World, even though you're like <laughs> trying to be a cool teen. <laughs> That's the joy of Disney. Exactly. 
All right. So after all of that, now we get to actually dive into the movie of the week, which is... Wait, wait. Are we going down the rabbit hole? We're diving deep Ooh. into the rabbit hole of Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Um, and fun fact, Katie saw it for the first time yesterday. Yep. I'm dying to hear what she thought. My first time ever. I've seen the live action one, but that's drastically different from this cartoon one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, first reactions. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. It made me laugh a lot. And I mean, it was super weird, but in an awesome way. It's always been known to be a weird one. Yeah. 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 But not like weird. Like we've seen a lot of. You know, movies I've never seen, obviously, and this one is like, like I said, weird, but in like a really pleasing way. Not just like mm, it was old and odd, and I don't it's, know. It was I, really good. This is kind of in my history, but it is. It's uh, known to be one of the best Disney animated films. So I really enjoyed it. I want to watch it again <laughs> yeah. and like pay attention to things and see other things I didn't notice. You know. Yeah, we did have a super long day yesterday and got home pretty late, so uh, it was. A challenge to stay up and watch it but we powered through we did it <laughs> we did it and fun fact katie rode the ride in disneyland before seeing the movie so <laughs> she does things backwards she's a rebel no. that's all right <laughs> wouldn't alice do it backwards she would i'm just saying this is true yep um all right so it is time for the 30 second disney dash who's going first i'll go Meg's winging it. This is my new thing. Oh, you decided, make me so nervous. I've decided <laughs> to not prepare them anymore because I think it adds a fun element. So I think it causes terror in my life. So you can do it all. Severe anxiety. Yes. <laughs> Got nervous for you and I wrote mine. I know. I don't know how she does it. All right. Ready? I think I, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Set. Mm-hmm. Go. We start with Alice and her sister telling a story. She falls asleep. Oh, wait. Well, we don't know she falls asleep, but apparently she fell asleep. Then she goes into, she sees a rabbit and they're hopping and then she falls down this rabbit hole. And then she comes across Tweedledee and Tweedledum and they tell her a story of this walrus with the clams and he eats them. And then she runs into, um, oh my God, <laughs> there's the Queen of Hearts and they're painting the roses red and then she beheads everybody and then Alice gets a trial and then she runs away and then she gets You were like two, one and a half seconds <laughs> short. <laughs> you, you skipped the whole middle. <laughs> you skipped the entire middle. <laughs> Not a single thing <laughs> Like, you see Carrie, like, dying. Like, she has to say this part. You didn't say anything about the tea party? Shh. That's for somebody else. Oh, sure. I'll go next. All right. I've been practicing all day. My mom had to get 27 seconds a few minutes ago, so. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Set. Go. Alice, half paying attention to her daily lessons, daydreams of living in a world full of nonsense. Then she sees a little white rabbit and chases him down a long hole and tiny to a tiny door. She drinks until she's too small to get the key, then eats until she's too large for the door, then cries until she cries an ocean of tears, which she floats down into Wonderland. She meets the dodo, finds Tweedles, D and Dumb, who teach her about the walrus and carpenter, sings with flowers, answers riddles with the caterpillars, attempts to drink tea with the Mad Hatter, gets confused by the Cheshire Cat, paints the roses red, and finally gets put on trial for helping Flamingo lift the queen's skirt before finding herself asleep in the grass and waking herself up. Whoa! You were Did like, I do it? you were point one two seconds away from thirty seconds. 
Oh I was like, my gosh. Under or over? Under. You're good. Yeah. That was <laughs> incredible. That was awesome. <laughs> You're putting me to shame. I'm looking at what I have now, and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> this is equally Terrence, like my top five. It's going to be better than mine, so you're good. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, Are you, sure. Do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go to next. <laughs> save, that, oh. we'll, sa- we'll save the best for last. Yeah, no, I don't think I cannot like, top that. That was incredible. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say that was the best dash we've had in 20 episodes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was what I was going for. Thank you guys. Good job. All right, Terrence, you ready? All right, Get I'm set. ready. Go. A girl who wishes and dreams gets so curious she literally falls down a rabbit hole. At the bottom, she enters a world unlike anything she's ever seen. Falling down a little, falling down a little more little rabbit holes. She meets several characters from a dodo t- who tells her to burn things to a ruthless queen. Alice eats shrooms, talks to flowers and caterpillars, and celebrates an unbirthday. What the heck does it all mean? We don't know, and neither does the familiar voice of Cheshire the Pooh uh, cat, uh, fighting inner demons. A path that's erased, and the lateness of White Rabbit, we watch as Alice tries to escape this wonderland. Oh, you made it! Nice. You were exactly at 30 seconds. <laughs> you were like getting, I thought you were going to finish, and then you kept going, and I'm like, oh no, he's going to go over. <laughs> I loved the, it was so jam-packed, and it was humorful as well. It reminded me of something Alex would do, Alex Stout. Oh, yeah, our listener Alex, who's yeah. on a couple times. Yeah. She's yeah. really good. Hers were great. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have to record you, don't I? Or mine time is, you. Mine is not as good at all. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Okay. Alrighty, I'm ready. Okay. Are, you, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. A girl named Alice wants a world of her own where what makes sense doesn't and what doesn't make sense does. She follows a late white rabbit into Wonderland where she meets odd creatures. There's a doorknob that can talk, a dodo, two annoying twins, a Cheshire cat, a mad tea party, and a queen who loves chopping off heads. In the end, Alice returns to the real world, though probably no less curious. Apparently, though, it was all a dream. 18 seconds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nice job. That was concise. Yeah, I went for concise. I like it. Not chock full and amazing. Just, you know, getting the job done. <laughs> I can't help who I am. <laughs> All right. We've got some history here. I'm seeing it. something I want to say. I want to see if you have it in your fun facts. And don't worry I don't... about it. Just say it. Okay. So Terrence, <laughs> Terrence mentioned that the Cheshire Cat is the same voice as Winnie the Pooh. Mm, that was hilarious. And way. he is. It's Sterling Holloway. And he voices the original Winnie the Pooh, but Jim Cummings also voices Cheshire and Winnie the Pooh. So even the second round of voices, huh? it's still the same character. I did not have that fun fact. So. I thought that was really nice. cool. So I like it. All right. Some history. So Alice in Wonderland is a 1951 animated film, and it is based off of the Alice books by Lewis Carroll. Uh, it premiered in New York City and London on the same day, July 26, 1951. Oh, almost at the anniversary. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Walt had attempted to recreate these Alice stories multiple times. First, of, first he did the Alice comedies way back in the day. That was like a combination of live action and animation, and they were all black and white. Um, 
and then he tried again in the 30s to recreate the books in animated form, but was unsuccessful for whatever reason, and then tried again in the 40s. And then up until this point, he'd always envisioned the film as a combo film, live action and animation. But then it wasn't until 1946 he decided to scrap the live action idea, make it a fully animated film, and then that is the film that we see today. So he decided in 1946, and then it came out in 1951. So in all actuality, for an animated film, that really isn't that long of a turnaround. So um, I lost my place. Oh, the movie was considered ahead of its time at the time. That's very punny. (laughs) And has since been regarded as one of Disney's greatest animated classics. And it is also one of the biggest cult classics with a huge fan base. So, I mean, like, if you think about it today, yeah, like, if you walk into Hot Topic, they always have new Alice in Wonderland (laughs) merch coming out. And the Disney parks as well constantly are coming out with new things, whether it's for Cheshire Cat or Alice or the Mad Hatter. Um, There's always something new going on. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing for how, I mean, obviously it was released in the 50s so that makes it even like you know how nightmare is like everywhere and continues to be everywhere this is even more impressive because nightmare came out in 93 yeah this came out in the 50s there's definitely way more merch for this movie as opposed to like snow white too if you think about it like in comparison to some of the well snow white is way older than this it doesn't feel like it is because I feel like everything just came out in secession like really (laughs) quick but it really didn't (laughs) and I'm learning that doing this podcast, which is fun. Um, so it's it's neat to see. Like, you can pull out which ones are the massive hitters, even to this day, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Like Cinderella. You, and, go yeah, ahead, Do you guys think it had anything to do with the, you know, the, the Johnny Depp film that came out a couple years ago? Like, the, the whole, the, the um, biggest of the, the biggestness, hang on, that was... That wasn't what I was trying to say. The the, the popularity the of massive it. following that the cult uh, has taken on in the past couple of years is that because you think of the film that was released a couple of years ago? I think maybe it helped like refuel I, it, it. Yeah, I think it definitely <laughs> added to it. That's yeah. for sure. But I'm not. If you look at a lot of the merch, it's more so based off of the 1951 film, I think, as opposed to. The new one. And the same can be said for Cinderella. Like, there's a lot of merch out there for the live-action new Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast. There's merch out there for the new live-action Beauty and the Beast. The Emma Watson bell doll is kind of creepy. It really Just is. Saying. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> Her head is, like, enormous. She's like a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> she looks... Yeah. She looks like an Olsen... An Ol- Mary-Kate or Ashley Olsen in doll form, which is creepy. So... Yes, Carrie. <laughs> I feel like this movie has been rebooted in so many ways and it's had yeah. like side stories be told as well. Like there was um the super weird live action one, Alice Through the Looking Glass, I think is what it was called. Did you ever see that one? Was it that was... was that like the same one with Johnny Depp or like totally different spin off? No, totally like different. Old. Oh, okay, and no. Ringo Ringo Starr was a turtle in it. What? I'm going to look it up <laughs> but, and I'll, I'll come back around to it when we get to the fun facts, but yeah. it was super weird. <laughs> and then there was like white rabbit, which was like a super trippy version of the story um, that Janis Joplin did the music for that actually might be the same movie. That might be what I'm thinking of. But I think 
this is like a timeless story and because it came from books too mm-hmm. i think that's why it's persisted so much um yeah something that i don't see in your history or fun facts is that lewis carroll used to tell these stories to his boss's daughter did either of you read this and it was like his way of kind of getting to know them and just playing around with stories and then he was like i should just write them down and did and i love that like it started from just like tell us one more to this thing that like it's amazing it's been 70 years since this movie came out and we're still talking about it like that's really cool yeah and i think also the fact that disney just knows how to stay relevant also plays a huge role in the merchandise too. Like regardless mm-hmm. of the new an- the new act- live action ones, Disney knows how to keep itself relevant no matter what they do. Um, I mean, look at I'm trying to think of one that they haven't rebooted yet. I mean, like look at Snow White. They haven't done anything else with Snow White and there's still a brand new ride that they just put into Magic Kingdom just a couple of years ago. And also like they sell her dresses in the parks every day. I see whenever I would go, when I lived down there, there were little girls every single day in Snow White dressed head to toe. And um, they haven't done much of anything with Snow White really besides yeah. the original movie. They so. come out with like poison apple stuff all the time. Yeah. The evil queen is like a massive seller. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We can go on to fun facts. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. We kind of like elaborated on history and meshed them <laughs> with fun facts. That's perfect. <laughs> So, as Meg sort of mentioned, um, Alice in Wonderland wasn't Disney's first, like, foray into Lewis Carroll's work. So, Walt's first Hollywood success was thanks to Carroll's concept. In 1923, he combined the live action with animation and created the short Alice's Wonderland, which is a comedy about a little girl who dreams herself into cartoon land. So, I think that those are the Alice shorts. The because Alice that, comedies yeah, is what they call them. Because yeah. that turned into 56 of those animated adventures. So clearly he was having some fun with that. And we found all of them on DVD, and I can't yes. wait to watch them because I've never seen them. Yeah. We kind of treated ourselves to that one. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> pricey, but it will, will be worth it. Worth it. <laughs> um, there are 11 documented meetings on record where Walt was discussing this movie's possibility with his staff. So in 1939, <laughs> um, there was a British artist named David Hall. He created 400 paintings that the studio then developed into a reel, put music to, and tested it to see if it would flow as a movie. But Walt put it on hold. He called it stale, and he said there's no harm letting it sit for a little while. So apparently he thought it needed to marinate before. He also didn't have a problem with spending money on 400 paintings right. for an Alice concept. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Walt. I'm sure his brother Roy had something to say about that, though. He had all that Cinderella money. He was doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Now he's just like, we're rich! Um, So, Catherine Beaumont, she voices Alice. She also voices Wendy Darling in the upcoming Peter Pan. Mm. And extra fun fact, in the early 2000s, she reprised her role of Alice for the Disney TV series House of Mouse, and that's half a century after the film release. That's crazy cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder. That's really wow. cool. I wonder if she really sounded the same because, like, she's kind of like I don't know how old she was when she recorded this, yeah. but she's supposed to sound like a child, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Mad Hatter is actually inspired by the actor who voices him. That would be Ed Wynn. Um. In addition to his likeness, one of the Mad Hatter's famous scenes was completely improv. <laughs> And I didn't know this, and I thought it was super cool. I don't know if you know this, Carrie, but he is in several other Disney movies. He's in Babes in Toyland, but he's also 
Uncle Albert from Mary Poppins, the giggly, um, levitating uncle. Hmm. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. I know. <laughs> me too. And when I, when I read this, I was like, oh, I can hear it now. I know. Me too. It's, I read the same fun fact and I was so excited. I was mm-hmm. like, I love it even more. <laughs> the Mad Hatter. God, what a character. Mustard. Yeah. <laughs> He's so great. Oh my God. That part made me laugh so hard. I forgot about it until right now. Oh my God. Let's not be silly. A lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Lennon, that's different. That's so good. That's really good. <laughs> that's the best impression. I love it. <laughs> you have to speak the rest of everything you say as the man. <laughs> that's, that's okay. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So Bill Thompson voiced the White Rabbit. He would later go on to voice Mr. Smee in Peter Pan. He's Jock the Terrier in Lady and the Tramp. Oh, and... I love Jock. <laughs> and, a key... and in various shorts, he is Scrooge McDuck. Hmm. Which kind of sounds like Jack the Terrier, right? Or is... no, I'm thinking of the uh, Scottish dog, unless that's the same one. I yeah, Jock the, the Terrier one. had that kind of Scottish accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Who knew you had so many talents over there? Oh, my God. You you guys are just scratching the surface. You're not even barely scratching the surface. We're going to need to go more into that later. Yeah, definitely. Uh, J. Pat O'Malley. He was Tweedledee and Tweedledum and all of the characters in the Walrus and the Carpenter sequence. He later went on to play the elephant Colonel Hathi. Oh, from the Jungle Book? Yeah, and the vulture Buzzy in the Jungle Book. So, yeah, I can hear... If you think of the walrus, I can hear that voice in that that elephant yeah. mm-hmm. very clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar to other animated Disney films, several Alice in Wonderland sequences were shot in live action, so animators had a reference while drawing. I so okay, so I knew that they did that, and as we were watching it, there's the scene where Alice is like running through the woods, ducking under trees and everything. Yes. And I feel like I remember seeing film of. Alice live action doing that for the animators to watch and animate and I was as she was doing it I was like I can tell that they really paid attention to like her movements in this scene like you could just see it it's crazy it it blows my mind like I I'm a graphic designer you know I have an artistic brain but my brain doesn't work like that that's like a different (laughs) kind of art and it just it really blows my mind yes it sort of reminded me of not to get ahead of you, but the uh, Sleeping Beauty scene where she's running through the woods, too. Yeah. It's, like, really similar, the ducking motions and the rushing. Like, I wonder if that was one of the reused... Um... It's possible. Yeah. yeah. They, they do that a lot, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Disney Disney's version is actually based on both of Lewis Carroll's book, so that would be Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking, Ga- Looking Glass, because Tweedledee and Tweedledum are actually from through the looking glass so even though this is just Alice in Wonderland they just borrowed from both uh as Meg said this film was supposed to be live action with animated sequences probably something like Mary Poppins mm-hmm. I'm guessing Song of the South mm-hmm. so dear to my heart mm-hmm. lots of them he did it a lot and knobs and broomsticks mm-hmm. haven't seen that one. Oh my gosh so good <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> so Disney hired Aldous Huxley to write the screenplay, but 
that draft was too literal for Walt, and he decided to go in a different direction. He wanted to be more whimsical, but the fact I liked was Huxley's wife said it was kind of sad because that was the only script her husband ever actually enjoyed working on. And then well, he maybe just he doesn't... should have enjoyed it a little bit more and gotten more whimsical with it. <laughs> Whimsy wasn't really his thing. He wrote Brave New World, which is like a terrifying uh, genetic cloning novel. I can't really picture him writing a screenplay. <laughs> I don't know why Walt would have hired him to do it then. Maybe he it's wanted weird. it to be a different direction because the book is different than, I guess. I don't know. The film does not open with the image of a storybook. Did you think of that while you're watching it? No, I Me totally either. didn't even realize that. And then I was like, is this even Disney? <laughs> this is true. And it's from a book. Right. Yeah. It, it opens, was such a great opportunity. <laughs> it opens with Big Ben. A scene huh. of Big Ben. Nope. There were actually over 30 songs planned and never used in the film. So while most of those will never see the light of day. Why? I don't know. Just give them to us. I know, I agree. One day. <laughs> uh, the melody for two of the songs were used for two songs of Peter Pan, so that's mm. Never Smile at a Crocodile and Second Star to the Right. Oh my god. I love that song so much. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> More impressions. <laughs> yes. So Mary, oh, go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say, I pointed this out as soon as we were oh, watching yeah. the credits at the beginning and I was like, Oh my god, Mary Blair worked on this movie. I'm so excited. I love Mary Blair so much. She is like, she's one of my favorite people to come out of Disney. Like, It's a Small World is all Mary Blair. Her art is all over the parks still to this day. I adore her. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> That's part of my fun fact. She was hired as a concept artist. You can see her art also in Peter Pan and Cinderella. And she's very famous for designing it's a small world like the whole thing yeah she did the whole thing all those fun patterns and I love cute it. creatures and for anybody who cares she has a massive mural at the contemporary resort at disney world and it is of oh, it's a small world pretty much but it's like it's like concept art from it's a small world but it is just huge it like takes up the entire beam in the a-frame building of contemporary and they always put a gingerbread display in front of it for Christmas time. And I love it. Mm, it smells so good in there with the gingerbread. It does. <laughs> oh. So the only character that was not from the books but was included in the movie is the doorknob. Which is crazy because, yeah, you can tell your fun fact about the doorknob. Go ahead. So um, <laughs> another thing, if you're a Disney cast member, you know this. But this there's a big a, secret, guys. This is a big cast member secret. If you go to casting which is a building because as you know when you get hired at disney even if you're just working in the merchandise shops they consider you to be a cast member because you are part of the show that they put on every day so you go to casting and the doorknobs at casting are the alice in wonderland doorknobs and it is one of the coolest things ever every time i would go into casting i would take a picture of the doorknobs like it was just one of those <laughs> it's one of those things that like you see and then you get there and you're like oh my god they're real they're really there it's so cool. <laughs> so, Katie, was this the first time that you put that together after seeing it in the movie? I had no. She, you, had, she had told Meg like told her. loves yeah. to share her fun facts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Do you see these? These are from Alice in Wonderland." She's like, "Make sure you look at the doorknob." I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, the White Rabbit 
He's always late, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But his clock is always set at 12.25, no matter when you see it in the movie. Those animators are being lazy. No, I think it's <laughs> just, I think it's just the got, world. It's got mustard and jam and like, <laughs> lemon in it, you know. The clock would always be set to 12.25, too. <laughs> it's lucky it works Guessing at all. Yeah. I love how many fun facts Alice in Wonderland has. I know. I wanted to do it on good because, it's you know, it's a favorite. So, it is featured in all the Disney parks. However, I forgot to see where it's featured in Shanghai. But, while if Meg speak, wants to look that up while I speak. I'll find out. So, the Mad Tea Party ride is at every Disney park. So, for anyone who doesn't know, you go into literally the scene of the Mad Tea Party. There's lanterns above you and it looks like you're in a little forest and you spin around in teacups. And it makes you super dizzy. And I try not to ride it because I don't like to be dizzy. I think I've only ridden it like twice ever. I know. I know. I did it. I did it. Um, Disneyland (laughs) in California. Go ahead. I was going to say, I try to spin as fast as I can. Oh, God. With the the people that are with me. Yeah. Yeah. I love taking a video on it while you spin because it's just so cool to have it like focused on your face and then the background is all blurred. It sounds terrible. (laughs) awesome um in disneyland in california they simply have a ride called alice in wonderland and you're basically following alice following the white rabbit it is my favorite ride at disneyland it's fun fact about my life and they also have the teacups there so they have two alice right by each other yeah and i loved this ride and had never seen the movie it's so fun you're riding in a caterpillar Mm -hmm. you're riding in the caterpillar Mm mm-hmm it just has some really cool yet old animatronics. That's what I like. It so is much the about classic it. Disney dark ride with some video sprinkled in to update it. Terrence, yeah. did you want to add something? Well, no, it just has that same kind of feel like Peter Pan has, yeah. like yes. uh, Winnie the Pooh, and, you know, all those classic rides. They're yeah. just, and those are the rides that have the highest wait times too. Did you guys notice that? Oh yeah, it's like the oldest like, ride. Always like an hour longer to get on. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, ugh. Peter Pan but... is never under 45 minutes. You're lucky if it's 45 minutes. Yeah, we actually right. didn't even get to ride Peter Pan in Disneyland because A, it didn't offer fast pass, and B, we only had two days, and C, the wait was over an hour every day. Yeah. So. Wow. So, in Disneyland Paris, Meg. I know. It's called Alice's Curious Labyrinth. Did you get to ride that, Terrence? Like you know, I, I saw this in a document, and I was like, huh, did we get to ride that? I We, we probably have. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, don't know. I think it's just a walk-through maze. Ooh. I, I think don't think it's right. a ride. I think it's, well, like, it has an entrance like a ride, but I believe that it's just, like, the maze that she runs through. Well, don't worry. We'll go on it or in it, and we'll vlog it, and everyone can experience yes. it. There you go. I was going to ask you to do that. (laughs) (laughs) We got you. Don't worry. Um, And then in Tokyo, there is a Queen of Hearts themed restaurant. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Did you find Hong Kong Disney? You didn't tell me. Oh, yeah. Hong Kong and Shanghai. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. Shanghai Disney also has a um, maze walk, I'm guessing, similar to Disneyland Paris's. However, this one in the middle of the maze is like the Helena Bonham Carter. Queen of Hearts and not like the animated Queen of Hearts. So that's kind of 
different. Oh, I remember now. Okay, so this was outdoors. Yes. It was an out yeah, it was an outdoors kind of a um like one of those hedge mazes you go through and stuff like that. That's yeah, now I remember. It was pretty cool. I liked it. <laughs> Hong Kong Disney has the the teacup ride. Oh, okay. But that's cool that again, this is a 1950 film, 1951. Yep. And it, it continues to be, I mean, Shanghai opened, what, two years, two years ago? ago? And they still included it in there, so. So Alice and the rest of the gang also frequent many of the parades and character meet and greets. Um, Always. If you, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you, I think but you're if gonna say what I was anybody gonna say. ever has the opportunity to meet the Mad Hatter, do it. I don't care say. if there's a half an hour wait to meet him. He is hilariously amazing. I love him. Or just talk to Terrence. Or just talk to Terrence and he'll put a hat on for you. I mean, (laughs) you can do that. But he's just like, his his interactions with you as a guest are just so spot on. and It's perfect. Yeah, it's amazing. He's even like, whenever you see him in the parade, he's like perfectly silly mm-hmm. and just amazing when i was little they had tweedledee and tweedledum as meet and greets at disney world they don't anymore still. i've never seen them out i swear you can wow. at the halloween party i saw them out when they bring extra characters out for the, like the paid halloween event i saw tweedledee and tweedledum and then also um the queen of hearts is pretty rare but she does come out oh i've met her yeah we met, met her at like a villain event at Hollywood Studios. She was mad at you because you wouldn't curtsy. Well, I didn't want to. <laughs> she could have cut your head off. I'm just saying. Serve you in her restaurant. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Two more fun facts. Okay. So apparently none of the Disney executives were pleased with the finished product. This is sad. So despite spending decades on getting it just right, Hundreds of drawings, countless treatments, scores of songs that weren't used, numerous scripts, and various screen tests. No one seemed happy with the final result. Walt said it had no heart. Ward Kimball, who is one of um, the the well-known One of the great animators, yeah. His cat was Lucifer. Um, called yeah. it a loudmouth vaudeville show, and that they were there were charming bits in their Alice, but it lacked warmth and overall story glue. I disagree. Hmm. You have to understand how critical they are. Yeah, I mean, you are your worst critic. So, Terrence, did you have something you want to say? Uh, no, I was uh, I was gonna say something, but no, it's. I mean, it, okay, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, really, no, no, you I'm can't good do that because... now. You have to say it. Uh, so okay, so the story isn't meant to be warm and have story glue it's meant to be all over the place you know this wasn't a typical disney film at the time Um, this was based on this novel that had come out a long long time ago um and that some people called the author you know psychedelic and had Mm -hmm. some pretty pretty bad choice words for the the through the looking glass for alice um because you know, they just said, oh, he was on drugs whenever he did it or, you know, looking at some yeah. looking for some simple excuse like that. And it just this story wasn't like your typical Disney story. And I think that's what makes it so special even till today. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's what I like about it. Yeah. I like that it's 
literally topsy-turvy. You never know what's coming next, but the weird thing that comes next strangely almost makes sense in a not-sense way, which is exactly what Wonderland is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, um, you know, people were... There's fireworks outside. Um, Happy Fourth of July. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Daytime. (laughs) Daytime. I think that the people who didn't necessarily like or understand the story of Alice were those people that were never going to like or understand Alice. That's And, um, you know, people back in those times, when imagination was something different than what they were used to seeing it didn't sit well with them. Like, this is imagination and, I mean, like Katie said, topsy-turvy, like we had never seen before in an animated film. So I think that I think that Walt and Ward were just being overcritical because of the critics, potentially, whereas they should have just looked at it, you know, this is, this is Alice. This is what it is. This is what it's supposed to be. And I think right. that if he could see the success and love of Alice... Now Still he would today. be singing a different tune about the movie. So I think that, you know, in the moment, whenever it comes out, and maybe everybody doesn't love it as much as you want them to, that's how you're going to react, possibly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I agree, I like it's not supposed to be warm. I mean, Wonderland is kind of a scary place, if you think about it. And Alice navigates it so well and so confidently. I want to be like Alice. She just goes with the flow with everything. Yes. I really love Alice, but we'll get to Me that too. in a minute. <laughs> Last fun fact, and these are some of my favorite ones because they're just purely behind the scenes and like just core They really fun put facts. this into perspective too. Yes. So Alice cost $3 million to make. So that's a production that spanned five years, three directors, 12 credited writers, 750 artists, 800 gallons of paint... A thousand watercolor hues and three hundred and fifty thousand drawings and paintings. So that's wow. a lot of work for you to be just like, eh. That's a lot of on- <laughs> honestly. That's a lot of work for it to. I'm gonna say only cost three million dollars. <laughs> yeah, true. Even true. back in that time, if you think about how much money Walt would spend on making films, even back in the '30s and '40s, like that is not bad. Didn't we just do a film that cost two million dollars? I don't remember. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, that especially one that like he he went and revisited a ton of times. It was like, no, it's not ready. I no, think Cinderella cost four million. Because then it I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's I loved the eight hundred gallons of paint. That's a that's lot crazy. of paint. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. And it makes <laughs> so much sense. I love it. Because it just makes that world even more colorful to me. Go ahead, Carrie. Um, I looked up the movie that I was thinking of. It's also called Alice in Wonderland. It was a live action, 1985. Um, the director was Harry Harris, and it wasn't Disney, but I remember it being super weird. <laughs> I'm trying to think oh. of. I'm trying to see who else. Do you remember this, Terrence? Yeah. Well, okay, kind of. If it's the one that I'm thinking of, was there was it British? Was there a lot of British people in it, or yeah. was it outside? Was it outside? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one was freaking I'm trying to look and see if there's any other (laughs) big names, but I just remember Ringo Starr being the mock turtle, which was like, oh, Sally Struthers. (laughs) That's that's an 80s name. Patrick Duffy was a goat. 
Um, wow. It's super weird. You have to look it up. Yeah, it, that's interesting. <laughs> it was very creepy because all the like all the people are dressed and painted to look like the animals that they're playing. And they're like the stuff of nightmares. Like it's oh very. <laughs> yeah, it was. Ugh. I'm imagining. But when I was a kid, I watched every single Alice spinoff. There, Disney had a live action TV show where she would like literally dive into a mirror. Did you ever watch this? No. And then wow. go into Wonderland and like come back and tell a little story on her bed with Dinah on her lap and be like, "I'm so glad to be back in my." Like she could just go back and forth between her regular mm. teen life. And Wonderland, and even my parents would be like, "This show is terrible." <laughs> <laughs> but I was obsessed. I loved Alice. <laughs> I'm imagining my reaction to that that spinoff that you're saying you watched would be my reaction to Return of Oz because that was weird, dude. Yes, oh my God. super similar mood. I, oh, that, I was gonna compare that exactly. And return. Return to Oz is Disney. Yeah, we're gonna so get we're to gonna that. Talk about that one. To anyone who's seen oh. it, all I'm gonna say is, "Mom, <laughs> I couldn't handle that the whole time." I'm is... not gonna indulge anymore on that till we get to it. But movie is freaking weird. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. So this episode's gonna be kind of long, but it's, it's Alice in Wonderland. It's okay. deserved. So. Because I went pretty in-depth with the characters because there are so many of them and there's just, like, so many cool little... I just love it. Okay. So first off is Alice. She is my... I'll say this later again when we get to our favorites. She is my favorite. She actually... Watching this movie and doing this research on Alice makes me love her even more. I just... The way that I, like, I looked up different words of how people described her and everything, and it's just like, God, she's so cool. (laughs) So my favorite thing that Alice (laughs) says is curiouser and curiouser. It's just like one of those famous Alice quotes. Um, They have it on merchandise. Like, it's, I just, she's curious. That is like the one word that you can always use to describe Alice. She's curiouser and curiouser. Go ahead, Katie. Are you sure? Yeah, I'll save it. She's a daydreamer. She always gives herself advice instead of listening to others' advice, which is just perfect. I but just... she still rarely takes it. She yeah. even says that. Yeah. I still rarely take it. Yeah, she's like, and I'm like, that I can relate to. Yeah. Um, her only friend seems to be Dinah, which is her kitten. It's pronounced Dinah, right? Dina? Dinah? Yeah. Okay, Dinah. Dinah. Yeah. Which is her kitten. Um, which is, you know, like me, basically, except I have Katie, too. So that one step ahead of Alice there. <laughs> Shout out to my cat. It's his birthday today. It is Teddy's birthday. Oh, happy nine. birthday, Teddy. Katie's wearing him on her shirt. Nope. It's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alice is very well-mannered and courteous and polite. She's extremely mature for her age, really. Um, elegant, gentle, determined, and she has a temper. So I just think the combination, like that is a very wide array of things. She's a very eclectic person. Yes. She has a lot of different, she's curious. Yep. Even her character is curious. It's just weird how they all mesh together so well. Are we sorting? (sighs) Yeah. I like to so- I like to sort the characters into Hogwarts houses because it is like a mesh of my worlds. 
So <laughs> it's our own personal Wonderland. Yeah. There are so many characters this time too. I know. Um, I'm going to put Alice in Hufflepuff. Yes, so was I. Yes, yes. me too. She Team is Hufflepuff. Just, she's kind of out there. She, she can fit anywhere. Yeah. She makes the best of every situation. Even yes. when she's lost in the woods, she finds these little animals to talk to and right. like, all right, I'm going to get out of the woods then. And then she keeps going. Like, yeah. I just love her. Her politeness makes her super kind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she is particularly good at finding things <laughs> in the woods, which also fits Hufflepuff, right? True. They're oh, apparently you can find us. Okay. I'm not good at finding anything. Yeah, you are. You always find everything <laughs> I ask you to look for. But if I'm looking for it myself, I can't find it. <laughs> okay. Everybody agrees on Hufflepuff? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay, White Rabbit. Uh, my favorite little quote from him is, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. <laughs> it's just like so cute. It just like rhymes perfectly. I love it. Uh, so yeah, that's basically my life. I'm literally late for everything. So I relate to him very well. Yep. Um, <laughs> everybody always asks, what is the white rabbit late for? Cause it's never like super like put out there what he's late for. Uh, speculation is that he was late for the announcement of the queen to the Royal garden and his like panic mode is him being scared of losing his head for being late, which kind of what I thought fits and makes sense. So yep. I like it. Is he late again, though, during the trial? Does he say it again? No, I think he's just rushing up uh, up to the podium at that point, and then was his trumpet. I don't think yeah. he mentions being late. All right, then that must be what it is, because there's nothing else yeah. that we see. Yeah. Um, Terrence, did you have something you wanted to say? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, I I'm couldn't good. tell I... if your hand was up or not. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm resting it <laughs> on the... the bar up here <laughs> i'll put my I'll, hand I'll be, up yeah. <laughs> sorry i'll be fake yeah i'll be no, good you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> i think he is i think that is what he's late for because we see him rushing and he's in different clothes and then he stops at his house mm -hmm. and he changes into like the, the white yeah. layover with the heart on it and he's still late and he's rushing and eventually we see him get to announce the queen so i think that's a fair assumption mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense yeah and yeah i'd be afraid to lose my head too because she's cray yeah <laughs> i don't really he's kind of hard to place Oh, the, the White Rabbit? Because I feel like we don't know enough about his character, minus the fact that he has anxiety and he's late. Yes. He's just a Neville. <laughs> he's a Neville. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that doesn't make sense. Um, I, I would say... I mean, he never found his glove, so he's not a good finder. He, you know, he's... Um, uh, I feel I like know. you have to you have to be kind of brave to work for the queen to put up with that. That's true. Know. You don't want to throw him in Gryffindor? I kind of sure. want to make him know. a Gryffindor claw, and I'm not sure why, but I do. He does yeah. seem rather. I mean, like even though he's scatterbrained, like I don't know. I yeah, don't know. sure. I don't know why a Gryffindor. He's a hat claw. stall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. For sure. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a squib. <laughs> 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 Poor white rabbit. Uh, yeah, speaking of hats, he. how about the Mad Hatter next? So, he's hyperactive. Real name he, Terrence. Real name is Terrence. 
<laughs> Thank you. That's very sweet. He teaches Alice what an unbirthday is and asks and it's my unbirthday today too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me three. Same. It Yay. is not our cat Teddy's unbirthday. No, though. it is truly his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um so he asks Alice a very famous riddle. Terrence, do you want to say what it is? Because that sounds perfect. Why is a raven like a writing desk? <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then whenever Alice tries to answer, he just kind of like forgets that he was asking her a riddle and we never really know the answer to it, though it then comes, hold on, I don't know how we find the answer or maybe it's in another book or something. It's like answered later, but the answer is because it can produce a few ni- notes, though they're very flat and it is never put with the wrong end in front. I don't know. The Mad Hatter said it. Who knows what that means? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Nope. But I'm not a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I'm not either. So I'm going to say that the Mad Hatter's a Ravenclaw because he's throwing <laughs> That's out... That's what I was going to say. He's throwing out these riddles that nobody even knows the answer to, but I hope he does. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would venture a, a very educated guess that he has no idea what the answer <laughs> to the riddle is. You're probably right. Uh, okay, so say he didn't know the answer to the riddle and he's just really quirky and weird. I, I, I'm going to throw him an apple puff. I'm good with that. I'll take him. Yep. Yeah. Accepted. Yeah. He's quirky. What's the matter with you? Not Hufflepuff. <laughs> no, not Hufflepuff. <laughs> I wouldn't put him in Hufflepuff. I mean, no? sure, he is. He's kind of like all over the place, right? But he's, you know, <laughs> I I honestly I would put him in Gryffindor. Um, I think I think he's, you know, he's very he's very nonchalant. You know, whenever he is is called to testify uh, in Alice's trial, he you know he's just kind of oh yeah no it's time for tea yeah yeah you know um, he's just he's just really. <sighs> He's not a Hufflepuff. I don't know. I'm very <laughs> adamant know. about that. He's all about inviting people to the table yes. for food and drink. Yeah. He wants that he wants he's Hufflepuff. <laughs> he wants to get to know Alice and you know asks about her journey and he's very inquisitive even though he's got the attention span of a squirrel. Um, yes. You know he's it's it's it, it's just his character is you can't hate him. Mm-hmm. You can't hate you can't hate the character. I I. I absolutely love him, even though he is quirky and all, really all over the place. I just, I don't know. I feel like I was all over the place with that, right? Yeah. He's he's a difficult one to place. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could really fit in multiple houses. It's just going to depend on the sorting hat. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I would say he's between, I, I would say he's between a Gryffindor a Ravenclaw and a Hufflepuff. Like, he's just kind of... He's definitely not a Slytherin in any way, shape, or form. Um, I can see traits of all three of those in him at times, depending on the point in the story. I don't know. I can imagine... I can imagine that as another riddle. What if in between a Gryffindor, a Hufflepuff, <laughs> and the Ravenclaw? The Mad you know, Hatter. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> they wouldn't be able to sort this guy because they wouldn't be able to get him to take off his hat to put the sorting hat on. So that's true. That's, Unsortable. that's the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think the hard thing with him is that we don't know his motivation. It's mm-hmm. so unclear because he's mad. So like, yeah. can you even trust anything that he's saying if he's crazy? <laughs> right. So like, right. how can you decide where to put him? Yeah. I, I would... still think, I think Ravenclaw fits best because of the riddles to me. Yeah, I would absolutely love a backstory on the Mad Hatter to That'd learn awesome. how he yeah. yeah, how he fell off his rocker, how the cheese slid off the cracker, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um next up we've got the March Hare. I just kind of combined the March Hare and the Dormouse just to I don't know, there's not really a whole heck of a lot on either of them. So the the March Hare is deliriously confused. That is how he is described. Online. I relate. Yeah, he offers Alice tea multiple times, but then will not let her drink it. Like, he'll pour it and he'll ask all these questions about her tea, and then it's just like, she's never <laughs> able to get a sip of it, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Uh, and then the Dormouse is sleepy, lazy, and then panics at any mention of a cat. Unless, or until you spread jam on his nose in order to calm <laughs> him down. So I'm gonna the, try that next time I'm panicking. The dormouse, he's into food. Totally a Hufflepuff. He needs to be by the kitchens. That's uh, that's what I think. I like it. Yeah. The March Agreed. Hare. I think that I know nothing about him in order to even come up with an idea. Squib. <laughs> Kitty. Yep. What's wrong with squibs? Dealing out squibs tonight. What's wrong with squibs? It's because there's so many characters in this you know movie, what? and they just didn't really give you all the development that they could on each of them. March hair, Muggle. Maybe. He's deliriously confused about all the magic around him. Muggle. Okay. I can I like live it. with that. Yeah. The Caterpillar. So, I always... Okay, so I remember uh, in the live action, I loved the Caterpillar mostly, I think, because Alan Rickman voiced him, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. watching the live action, because I, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a really long time, so like I couldn't remember how close it was to the live action or what was different or anything like that. Um, but his famous quote is, who are you? And his words are visualized through the smoke that he's breathing out. He's always smoking a hookah. <laughs> Um, and he yells quite often and just really ignores Alice the whole time that she's around him both in the woods and then again at the end he just ignores her requests for assistance or anything Um, he also tells her to eat a mushroom but then doesn't tell her what it's going to do or the fact that it could be dangerous and for whatever reason she decides to listen to him so (laughs) why not so he's kind of a dangerous character really because he doesn't i mean not very dangerous but i mean he doesn't listen to alice he doesn't really give her much advice or guidance in any way he just kind of is there to smoke his hookah um they game strong (laughs) (laughs) so uh Slytherin. What? Why? He's rude. Not all Slytherins are rude, <laughs> Katie. Just kidding, I know. I am the Slytherin defender. <laughs> and I swear, if you put someone in there just because they're rude, I'm going to bop you in the nose. <laughs> I don't know. 
don't know. Mm, he yells quite often, ignores people. I'm going to say he's a Hufflepuff. What? <gasps> I'm joking. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously a Slytherin. I'm going to say a mix between a Slytherin and a Gryffindor. Why Gryffindor? He seems kind of brash. I don't think that he thinks with his heart instead of his head, though. That's why I said Which is a, a very Gryffindor trait. You're right. He probably, unfortunately, is a Slytherin, and I just don't want to accept it. But Alan Rickman. He's kind of cunning. Because, yeah. like, really, who knows what his motivations were behind giving Alice those mushrooms or whatever. Like, you have no idea, but he somehow conned her into doing it, and she took them. Which is... I don't know. I don't see him as ambitious necessarily, but cunning, cunning, I can see it. Yeah. I think he'd go to Dermstring. Yeah, he's a Dermstring. <laughs> We're throwing out new things in this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, Cheshire Cat. Voiced by Pooh Bear or Sterling Holloway, if you want to call him that. I like to call him Pooh Bear because that's the best character that he ever voices. So he's known for his mischievous grin. He's quite intelligent in this adaption. He sometimes helps her, but sometimes gets her into trouble. Uh, yes. I'm super excited that I can like him for more than just being a cat now. Yeah, now you understand his cool character. Yeah. Um, now he's like he, extra cool. Yeah. Yeah, he also he also voices Ka, I think, from yes. the Jungle Book. He yep. does. Yep. He's voiced a couple people leading up to this, too, I think. Mm-hmm. We've, done, we've said a couple. I've, like, mentioned his name many a times, in the, but I can't remember for who. You know, he's got he's got one of those voices. Like, I was watching something today uh, with my mom. It, it was called, it was something on TV Land, a show called Hazel, I think it was. And it's one of those old 1950s, 1960s shows, but it... It had him in it, and I was like, hey, that guy sounds like Winnie the Pooh. And then I looked up the episode, and I was like, oh, it's Sterling Holloway. And that was pretty cool because I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen him in any kind of live action before. So it's really nice to put a face to the voice sometimes. Yeah, that's cool. That is. Yeah, he's, let's see, he's, the the movies that he's been in. Since we can't remember Since yesterday, can't remember. let alone a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, all filmography. Here we go. I love, I will say while you're looking that up, I love Cheshire's, I love his mischievous, mischievousness. And like how he like doesn't really answer you while he's answering you. And he kind of guides you, but doesn't really. I think that he's a Ravenclaw. Hmm. Like or a Slytherin. Or a Slytherin. Well, he's very smart. But I guess that that doesn't necessarily immediately put you in Ravenclaw. I think he's kind of sly, um, which makes me think he's a Slytherin. a Slytherin. Yeah, I'll take yeah. him. I'm happy with that one. <laughs> like Wait until that we one. try and give you the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> She's next. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, he... I just love what they do with the Cheshire Cat. How he like becomes the moon. And he disappears, and then you see his tail, or his stripes, like, slink away. I just remember loving that as a kid and being like, oh, he's back, I see him again! And when he's, like, hopping on the queen, and, yeah. and she can't see him, but Alice can see him. I just, <laughs> he's so much fun to watch, I, I think. actually compared him to Jack-Jack. Yeah, she was night. like, oh my god, he's like Jack-Jack, he's interdimensional. <laughs> <laughs> he's the... He- He's the direct result of Alice eating those mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Sterling Holloway is Mr. Stork and Dumbo. Oh, that's right. He is the adult flower in Bambi. What? I didn't know that one. He's Professor Holloway in The Three Caballeros. The narrator of Peter and the Wolf and Make Mine Music. I do remember that, saying that. He's in so many. He is the narrator of Mickey and the Beanstalk. So, like, this is just all stuff we've already done. Yeah, then Cheshire Cat, Alice in Wonderland. And then he comes back. Not for a little bit. Ooh, he was also the narrator in Susie the Blue Little Coop, I think, which is also another Disney short, I believe. That sound, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't come back until the Winnie the Pooh shorts later on after this movie. So this is like the should be a while until we hear his name after this. Unfortunately, oh sure, until he creeps up again somewhere. I know, true. Um, okay, <laughs> so Queen of Hearts. I love that Alice calls her a fat, pompous, bad-tempered old tyrant. Alice. Which is just hilarious. Um, she does not hold back. No. That's exactly what she She makes me think of Luna, so maybe she's a Ravenclaw. Alice? Yeah, Alice does make me think of Luna. I was thinking she's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I accept that as canon. <laughs> um so the queen of hearts enjoys decapitating those who annoy her alice meets three cards who are painting roses red because they accidentally planted white roses so smart it is pretty smart Planting roses red (laughs) my best you paint them red i love that song (laughs) me too Um, so then the queen discovers what they're doing, and she has all of them beheaded. Uh, then a game of croquet ends in the queen also wanting to behead Alice, but the king somehow gets her to give her a trial, and then it all works out in Alice's favor. Though the queen is pretty unhappy about that. The king. Like, what? He just comes in out of nowhere, and he's like, oh, I think maybe we should do this. And, like, the queen, <laughs> like, <laughs> the queen gives him, like, a little pat on the head, like, Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Just say it. What? Oh, you know she's Slytherin. <laughs> you know. You know. Hot tempered. Whatever. I mean, she seems like. A, got... Oh, go ahead. She seems like she's a good manager. So you know, she, she manages the cards very well. Throws out the old ones. Um, <laughs> You know, deals with discipline on a very strict basis. Um, Sounds like Snape. I mean, we could say maybe somebody follows the rules, maybe a Gryffindor-ish. You're being too kind. No, am I stretching? (laughs) Am I stretching too far? Off with my head then. Okay. Off with your head. I will say that she obviously has a Slytherin Hufflepuff marriage. Yeah. The king must be a Hufflepuff. (laughs) <laughs> he definitely is. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So Tweedledum and Tweedledee, we don't really know a whole lot about them other than they seem to really just have it in them to distract Alice. Um, so they tell the story of the walrus and the carpenter. I don't really know. I don't know what else to say about Tweedledum and Tweedledee. That's pretty much it. You called them clams in your 30-second Disney dash, but they're oysters. oysters. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. I just want to clarify for all the Alice purists. I apologize. Thank you. (laughs) 
Um, and they were adorable. And all of a sudden, you ate them They were so cute. They were so cute. <laughs> oh. um, but Tweedledum and Tweedledee, I don't, I don't have any idea how to sort them. We, like, I don't know. They're just there. Yeah, I don't know. They have the whole poem memorized. Maybe they're Ravenclaws, too. Maybe. Well, who is also a distraction in the Harry Potter series? I could equate them to maybe, like, a Colin Creevy. Oh. Peeves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Peeves. They're poltergeists. They're a Peeves. (laughs) (laughs) I could see Colin, too, though. Yeah, maybe they're Gryffindors. Um, So the Walrus and the Carpenter, this poem so in the books it's a poem however it's turned into a song for the movie for the 1951 movie and sung by Tweedledum and Tweedledee um the story is so sad it really is I just can we talk about how the mom's just like don't do that and then just lets all the oysters run away (laughs) what is she gonna do she's an oyster it's not like she can go and like force them to come back she has no arms She's. <laughs> I don't care. She just like st- she looks like a granny, not a mom, and she just lays there in her little oyster blanket and is just like, "All right, eat my kids. It's cool." And that's it. Not a fan of Mama Oyster. That story did not have a happy ending, did it? No. no. I watched this with my five-year-old for the first time when I rewatched it for this, and she was like, "Um, <laughs> are they?" getting eaten right now and i was like yeah and she's like this is terrible <laughs> that's how i felt i understand yep. Aww. <laughs> Aww. i feel bad that's so sad. she's all right okay good <laughs> um so did you want to add something terrence sorry no okay i don't know I saw your hand wave and I was like, oh, okay. Tight to the back of the chair here. No, you're good. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the moral of that section is that there's a ton of characters in Alice in Wonderland, and I didn't even really, like, bring all of them up. Right. So, next segment is faves. Favorites. Favorite characters, scenes, whatever. You want me to go first? No, I'll go first. Okay. My favorite (laughs) character is tied between Alice and Cheshire Cat. Um, I just love Alice's character. She is witty. She's funny. She's... I I love her. And then (laughs) next, Cheshire Cat. I know that he's a lot of people's favorites, and I really do love him because he's a cat, and I think that he... um, he is mischievous, but, like, in a good and bad way, and I like that he's, like, a mischievous character with a good side, because I feel like we don't really see that super often in movies. Um, and, again, he's a cat, and cats are the best ever, so I love him. And then my favorite scene, I think, is going to have to be Croquet with Cheshire Cat, how he's, like, making the the queen of hearts (laughs) not have a very good ending to that game unfortunately it doesn't make alice's life very easy but it was funny while it was happening so i will say my favorites are also alice and treasure alice copycatter super cool hey i was gonna go first (laughs) (laughs) she tried so hard to go first I'll build on your description of Cheshire and say if a cat could talk, they probably would talk like him because yes. they, cats all would want to like 
be a step ahead of you and keep you on your toes and like not yes. really explain everything to you and be like, haha, I know more than you, you know. Um, my favorite scene, I have a couple. I'll try to go through them quick. I really like the flower scene because I like how Alice gets really ticked off that they call her a weed. And she gets like really <laughs> mad about it. And it's, yeah. I wouldn't want to be called a weed either. And the flowers are super mean about it. Yeah. Um, I like the scene with Cheshire because it's cute. <clears throat> And then what was my last one? No, I can't think of it. I forgot one. I also love um, the White Rabbit's house. I just love seeing his house, the inside of it. I think it's fun to mm-hmm. like see how he would live. I can't think of it, so someone else go while I think. You can interrupt me if you think of it. Okay. Um, so my, <laughs> aside from Alice, who is obviously far ahead of the pack as far as characters. I really like a lot of these like tiny one scene characters. So there's this dog that has a broom nose and a broom mm-hmm. tail and he makes the path disappear. <laughs> and I love him. I don't know why you see him for like four seconds. <laughs> but, but I just I think every time I'm cleaning up after my kids, I'm like, I wish I had a broom nose and <laughs> I love him. I love the goofy croquet mallet uh, flamingo. Is that what they are? Flamingos, probably. Mm. Who's like, and the um, the dormouse, I think it's hilarious. And I yeah, love the um, his little sneezing fits when he hears a cat <laughs> and uh, how he like sings to himself to calm himself down. <laughs> As far as, like, random little characters go, I liked those birds that had shovel beaks, and they would, like, use their own feet to dig into the ground and then scoop up the dirt. It was really cool. Yeah. My favorite scene is also the flower scene. Um, Actually, any part where she's interacting with flowers, even in the very beginning when she's, like, lays Dinah down with the flowers and all the daisies are, like, blowing in the wind around them and she parts them and makes daisy crown, like, all of that just looks so magical to me. And to me, that's like quintessential Disney drawing is like those mm-hmm. flowers. And even as an adult, I plant the flowers that I see in the singing sequence because they remind me of Alice in Wonderland. And they make me think of like happiness and Disney and being a kid. Like I absolutely adore those scenes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I think we all know who my favorite character is. Um, <laughs> Yes, the Mad Hatter is my favorite character. Um, I just love how how silly he is, really. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most silliest characters in the movie. Aside from March Hare, March Hare is just crazy, I think. But <laughs> the, the Mad Hatter is just like, kind of silly. And I think I saw in the notes somewhere uh, earlier that he's likened to a child. You know, he's mm-hmm. like mad one moment and then happy the, the next, you know. Um, the My favorite scene is going to have to be the tea party just because of the pure silliness of it. I really loved how a lot of it made sense. She was trying to take the drink of the tea. She never, she never got to. She got a nose full of sugar uh, in one part, and how creative they were in pouring the tea. That was just that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the small little segment uh, that was my favorite was whenever the dodo bird is coming to the aid of uh, Bill the lizard and the white rabbit. Because <laughs> Alice had grown the size of the house. Uh, he goes, oh, yeah, no, we'll just burn the house down. And <laughs> the white rabbit's like, yeah, just burn the house. Wait, what? <laughs> you know? I 
just forgot that about part the made me lizard. laugh out loud. Oh yeah, I like the lizard. I a lot. love the lizard. I totally forgot yeah. about him. Oh, my Bill, God. Bill. <laughs> Bill. I, like I called everyone Govna. Govna. <laughs> I have to agree with you about the um the tea party scene. It's so fun. I love when he's like, just a half a couple do, and it's like literally a yes. cup sliced in half the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> and when they butter and mustard the um the clock that the <laughs> playground yeah. is wearing. They just it's so playful and so much fun. That actually that was my other favorite scene was the half a cup of tea made me laugh out loud. And then yeah, <laughs> the um impression that Terrence did of the mustard. I mean like it was just like so quirky and weird. That's so me and that's my humor. And when it happened I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and it was it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Mustard? <laughs> let's, let's not be silly here. <laughs> lemon, lemon, that's, that's different. That's amazing. Okay, oh. our least favorite character in scene. My least favorite character is going to have to be the walrus because he's mean and he eats all of the oysters. Yes. All I picture is him mopping his face and going... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think of with the walrus. Okay, so was he crying? Or like was he getting red tight sickness or something? I think he was just really really full. He and the carpenter were supposed to share those oysters, so I think he also knew he got caught having eaten all of them while he was like, go get me a glass of water or or whatever he was asking for. The carpenter's like, sure, 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 and runs out of the room to help him and comes back and he's like, Mopping his brow and wiping his lips, and he's like, "Later." And (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, to shuck all those oysters, he had to move pretty darn fast. So I think he was just sweating out of pure, (laughs) pure movement. (laughs) He's a big guy. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's also my least favorite scene because it's just sad. It makes me mad. It is sad. My least favorite character and scene. I don't really care for Tweedledee and Tweedledum. They don't really do anything for me. They kind of annoy me, but I think that's their point. So well done. But yeah. I could do without that scene. I just, eh, it's all right to me. Yeah, I also have to go with the walrus and the carpenter. It's so sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all those little clams are so excited to be on land, and then nope. <laughs> <laughs> and like the fact that they animate like the moment that they realize what's happening too, and like you yes. see the terror in their yes. face, the horror, and I'm just yeah. like. Oh my god. That was exactly the part where my daughter was like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, My least favorite uh, character is the Queen of Hearts. Yeah. I don't don't really particularly care for her. She reminds me, the reason, I guess the reason why, she reminds me of somebody I used to know. Um, So, yeah, for. So I can't That's say terrifying. it. Yeah. yeah, it it really is. It really Man, is. You I'm knew someone having... who wanted to ca- or to decapitate people. That's pretty terrible. Oh, I have stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've, I have stories. I have major stories. Um, but no, I just I I really didn't like the whole her being a tyrant. I don't like bullies. Yeah. That's the thing. I just don't really like somebody that's just like oh every little thing pisses you off. Okay, well you know you just want to tell her to get over it especially bullies who are in a position of power power. Mm -hmm. yes 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 i like that a lot i don't like that i like sounds like a familiar story (laughs) 
It does. So, but that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I hate bullying. It's just like, there's no excuse for it. And there's no excuse for anything that she does either. It's just, she's, her power has gotten to her head. And literally, she just is all about taking people's heads. Yeah. (laughs) She should, she should have married the walrus. Yeah. (laughs) Just say it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Last question. And then we're going to wrap up. What is something that everybody took away from the film? So I think that I took away to not let... I I just think that what's really important about Alice in Wonderland in general is imagination. um, And that you should never be scared to use your imagination. It's something that is... It's something that not a lot of people use sometimes and I think that that's sad if you don't know how to use your imagination then I don't think that you're a very fun person in in my opinion (laughs) I mean I use it every day because my job is to be an artist and to create content whether it's being a podcaster or whether it's being a graphic designer being a vlogger like all of those things like it's all about coming up with all these different ideas being creative having an imagination and I think that that's just super important for everybody to have even if it's not in your everyday job like mine, I mean, it can be in cooking, have some creativity with cooking or uh, color once in a while. It's fun. I know that you think it's just for kids, but uh, they wouldn't have had adult coloring books come out for (laughs) no reason. You know, it's okay to be a kid at heart and have an imagination sometimes. You should be a grown up kid. Yeah, for real. Exactly. I was gonna say that me and Meg all the time will like come up come up with like what if situations. And I can't think of one right now, but like just silly, ridiculous questions that will lead into these enormous conversations about nothing, but they're mm-hmm. like the most fun to have. You know? Mm-hmm. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah is queen. Sarah of Swish and Flick is yes. queen of coming up with those. Yes. She'll be you like, you can tell if you listen to it. What if yeah. she does it all the time? Oh yeah, yeah. Like we'll just be sitting at dinner, and she'll, she'll be like, "What would you do if I just threw all this up right now?" And I'd be like, "Um, I don't know. I would. <laughs> I, I don't would, know. I would run away. I would, but like, it's just silly things like that. I don't. She's so weird. I love her." I'm going to take a way to always, it kind of ties in with you, but to always be curious because you can always learn new things. So I see this as a graphic designer. I will be walking around and I'll see, I don't know. Carpet. Yeah, it could be anything. A leaf. I'm like, ooh, I love that particular orange. Carpet all the time is like my thing where I'm like, oh my God, it looks so beautiful. I want to take a picture of it or like old books right or something i remember one of my college professors being like i have this band-aid that i keep in this like um (laughs) scrapbook because i love the color of it and i never want to forget the color of it you know what i mean like just weird stuff like that just always make it relevant to your life yeah you know but be careful because it can lead to trouble Mm -hmm. be mindful of your curiosity but don't restrain it (laughs) got it words of wisdom (laughs) I was gonna say something similar because she begins by saying 
if I could create my own world, it would all be nonsense. And she does in her dream. And she sort of like regrets it, but she rolls with it. She does a great job, but it's kind of a, be careful what you wish for. But also like, I love that every single thing in the movie is a regular everyday thing. That's different. Like mm-hmm. the butterfly is literally two pieces of bread with butter yes. on it, sighing and things like that. Like just seeing the wonder in the world around you. That would be my takeaway. I like that a lot. Uh, my takeaway is growing up, you know, the story represents her struggle to survive in the confusing world of adults and to understand our adult world that she has to overcome the open-mindedness that is characteristic for children. So mm-hmm. apparently adults, you know, adults need rules to live by. Um, but most people adhere to those rules blindly without asking themselves, well, why? This leads to the incomprehensible, sometimes arbitrary behavior that she expresses in Wonderland. And ultimately she comes out of it with a bit more understanding. So my, my main takeaway is, is growing up. I like all those. Yeah, I like it. I like that we all said something different but similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are we ready for our Disney memory? Yeah. I wanted to save this one, but I don't know. I feel like it would be way too long, and this person deserves to have their... Way too long of a wait, and this person sent this to us a while ago, so I feel like they deserve to have it read. Go for it. And you'll it. understand what I'm talking about when I read it. So this does... Oh, I get it. This Disney memory comes from Callie Lamb. So she says, hey guys, my name is Kelly Lamb and I love this podcast as well as Swish and Flick. I'm going to give you a bell for that because you're awesome. (laughs) Um, I was very excited to know that you guys were going to be talking about every Disney movie ever. So far, I've learned a lot about movies I haven't ever even seen or just vaguely remember. Me too. So I have a Disney story for you. Recently, a friend of mine, Megan Valdez, also a cool Swisher. Mm-hmm. who also follows this podcast, and I went to a Comic-Con in Dallas, Texas. I know I've already posted about it, but I have to say this is one of my favorite Disney memories. The voice voice actresses for Ariel, Jasmine, and Meg were all there. I had to meet my girl Ariel, so I gladly waited about four hours in line to meet her. Fortunately, I met a co-worker there who waited in line with me. As I drew closer and closer to meeting the woman, the myth, the legend, Jody Benson, I grew more and more nervous. I couldn't believe I was about to meet my childhood he- childhood hero, she also voiced Thumbelina. God, I loved that movie when I was a child. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's awesome. My mom would sing I that song Thumbelina. all the time. Yeah. Not a Disney movie, but still a childhood favorite of mine. Also, fun fact, she voiced Barbie in Toy Story. What? <laughs> oh my God, can I stop smiling now? <laughs> <laughs> my cheeks hurt. Anyway, oh, I remember rewatching The Little Mermaid as an adult and instantly feeling like I was four again. Anyways, when I finally met her, she was the sweetest. She thanked me for waiting so long, and I told her that she was a trooper because she'd been there over six hours meeting fans and only took a break once to go to the bathroom. I definitely admire her for taking her time with each fan as well. I didn't mind waiting because I knew she wanted to actually talk with each fan and not just sign a picture and send them away. Honestly, shout out to every celebrity who does that. Yeah. Matthew Lewis. Tom Felton. Oh, yeah. They're both like that, and I love it. Yes. I got a, Sorry to interrupt. Okay. <laughs> I got a picture with her, and she signed my Ariel pop figure for me. I remember a certain Ariel cosplayer walking away from Jody in tears because she was so happy. Once I finally got to meet her, I understood why. I was so giddy after meeting her that I couldn't stop laughing and clutching my newly signed pop figure. At the time, Megan was sitting in a different 
Q&A, so I was walking around by myself just laughing. God, I know this feeling. (laughs) I'm sure I look like a freak, but it's Comic-Con, so I'm positive that I was not the only freak there. I'm not very good at describing it, but I think it's my favorite Disney memory because even though I was waiting in line forever and Megan, being the good friend she is, tried to go and buy me some food, but the con had temporarily run out of food, so I was shaky and lightheaded from hunger. (laughs) I met some really cool people in line and got pictures with cosplayers who made beautiful Ariel and Belle dresses themselves, and of course I got to meet Jodie Benson. Later, I sat in on her Q&A and got to ask her a couple questions. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. I asked her what the strangest thing a fan has ever had her sign was, and she told us all a really funny story about a little girl who tried to get her to sign her Little Mermaid panties for her. Aww. I can just see this little girl, like, this is, like, probably her favorite piece of clothing ever. And, like, to her, it's not strange, you know what I mean? She's just like, I have to have her sign it. Uh, she her agreed... picture's right there. Right. <laughs> she agreed to do so, but not until the child changed out of the panties. And into a pull-up because she felt uncomfortable signing them while they were still in the girl's So, just imagine Ariel trying to sign a little girl's panties while they're still on her. She's actually a really funny person. She also sang Ariel's uh, Aria, Aria. Aria to a fan for her 30th birthday. She definitely made my Disney dreams come true. Megan and I, plus another friend, are going to Disney World and to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in November. (laughs) Megan and I have both been to Disney World when we were about 16, but we had absolutely no idea what we were doing, so we didn't really have a good time. I'm sorry. Go back. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping we have a much better time, and then I get to tell you guys all about it, but until then, meeting Jodie Benson is definitely my favorite Disney memory. It was just so surreal. I don't think even meeting the Ariel at Disney World can top that. Anyways, I love you guys. I love your Facebook facebook groups you guys are always so very kind and fun to talk to i hope the story wasn't too long thanks and lots of love it was an amazing jam-packed story and i love it I thank love you it. for sharing yeah. it i am in love with the fact that jody benson is suddenly making the con rounds yes. and i pray that she comes to cleveland or pittsburgh because i want to meet her so bad yeah i like literally pretended to be ariel when i was little i was totally obsessed um, yeah, and I even loved that she reprised her role in the Ariel Undersea Adventures TV series that went on the Disney yeah. Channel in the early 90s. Um, and I loved that show because you got to learn all about Ariel's sisters and everything. But I would, like, probably die if I got to meet Jody Benson, <laughs> so... Also, yeah, like, at that con, it was Jody Benson and Paige O'Hara. Like, oh my, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I would just be like, oh my god. I, I, I wouldn't have words. I wouldn't have words. I honestly don't know if I would be more excited to meet, like, Rupert Grint or Jody Benson. Like, it was a very close. Like, those are my two fandoms, right? Harry Potter and Disney. Those would be, those would be, like, the top two. My ring keeps hitting the desk. I'm sorry if you hear that. But, yeah. That's amazing. I'm very jealous. And... Uh, I hope she continues on this con journey of hers because she's gone to a couple now. It seems to be, she seems to be making that round. Like once people go to one and they realize how much money they can make doing a con, then they tend to like <laughs> continue traveling doing them. Right. So yeah. I hope she makes her way out to the Midwest. Yep. Yep. So we want to give a huge thank you to Callie for submitting her story yeah. and and. Big thank you to Terrence and Carrie for joining us on this episode. Clearly, you two are huge fans of Alice. (laughs) 
Thank you for sitting through our two-hour episode yeah. with Alice in Wonderland. It was such a blast. Thank you so much. It was, yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah. yeah, and Terrence also is on another podcast. Would you like to talk a little bit about that before we go? I am. Yeah, I'm also on an, on a Harry Potter podcast because, you know, Harry Potter and Disney, I just can't get enough of. But um, I've actually been podcasting for 10 years at Hogwarts Radio. Um, we'll be celebrating our 10th year anniversary in about three weeks-ish, a little less than that. Um, it's so much fun doing it. You can find us all over the place online. Um, God, like iTunes, the um, Google Podcast app, like Stitcher, li- uh, LinkedIn, uh, anywhere like podcasts are aggregated. And we discuss anything and everything there is to do with the Harry Potter series. We don't, I know some of them, uh, like you guys over at Swish and Flick, go uh, chapter by chapter um, For now. through each episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we, we, we actually decided not to go that route a, a long time ago um just because we want there was so much that we wanted to talk about at the time when if we started the movies were still coming out like i yeah. think the yeah. trailer the half blood prince was still coming out so um you know we wanted to go a different route with that but that just shows you the diversity between like podcasts like swish and flick and hogwarts radio i really want you guys to be able to check it out and uh let us know what you think yeah, and you definitely should. We'll post we'll post it on our page, obviously, um, and yeah. in the description of this podcast. But yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, it's crazy that you know there's many Harry Potter podcasts, but they all have something different to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the weird thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we like you know, especially because Fantastic Beasts is coming out. We it's hard for us now because like we want to talk about that, but we also have the reread, so it's like <laughs> trying to figure out a good balance between like doing a little bit of both. So, yeah. yeah. You guys do an amazing job over there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. So do you. I enjoy Hogwarts Radio and Katie and I have been on it before and Tiffany and Sarah, all four of us have been on it before and we always enjoy it. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Thank you so much for having me on again. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for being here, both of you. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blast. All right. So Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grownupkidspod to gain access to our bonus episodes, which which are all going to focus on the direct-to-video movies that came out. A lot of them came out under Disney Toon Studios, which I just heard closed down, actually, which is really sad. So, Yeah. Um, what are those called? Disney Toon Studios? No, Extra Magic Hours. Oh, yes. Our podcast on Patreon <laughs> is called Extra Magic Hours. So, um... The last episode that came out was all about Cinderella 2, and the next one to come out is going to be Cinderella 3, so make sure that you listen in. You can also join our Facebook discussion group, and I've posted a document on there with our comprehensive list of movies that we'll be watching, along with availability, so that you can check that list out and see what episodes you would be interested in joining us on. Um, make sure that you comment on that or email or message us and let us know what movies you're interested in. I also want to do a little side note here. 
Um, and I don't want this to come across as me discouraging anybody to message me personally because I love talking to all of our listeners on Facebook. It's totally fine if you message me. But if you're going to message about movies that you're interested in, I would highly recommend not doing it to one of us personally because they tend to get lost in our personal messages. And then I end up realizing that you may have requested a movie before somebody else in the comment or email and it just gets all jumbled. So if you could just keep it to commenting, emailing, or messaging the Grown Up Kids Facebook page, that would be super helpful for, for us. For your benefit. Yes. Um, but if you want to message us and talk to us about anything else, like I'm totally fine with that. But when oh, yeah. it comes to the comprehensive movie list, just keep it to the Grown Up Kids page. I'll nerd out with you all day long. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> lastly please email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com and send us your favorite Disney memories. It can be anything Disney-related. It doesn't have to be park-related. So send it our way, and we'll be sure to feature it on a future episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to watch the story of Robin Hood and his merry men ahead of next week's episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.